Well, welcome back to another edition of Coffee Break with the Mayor. This is your Mayor President, Sharon Weston Broom. And thank you for joining me on uh, my new podcast. We've had some very interesting guests, and uh, we still have more guests to come. But I am so delighted uh, today to have as our guest Dr. Kelvin Jones. Uh, You know him from uh, music. Uh, You know him from being the band director. Is that the at LSU? Uh, And so thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Happy to be here. Uh, Sorry, maybe the the bar has been lowered a little bit. Oh, no, it has not. Now you have me in here. I don't know if you know (laughs) this, but the mayor loves music. Oh, no way. The mayor loves music. I have several... um, uh, playlist on my oh, nice. uh, Spotify. And uh, I also grew up playing classical piano. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. No, you didn't. Ah. A little known fact. We gotta put that out there. No, you know? don't put it out Benefit there because I, you know? I haven't practiced in a long time. <laughs> it's like riding a bike, right? Yeah. Uh, well, no, not, not, not with music. You know, I was one of those individuals that your parents said, you need to take piano lessons yeah. and my heart wasn't really in it. And I think I suffered from more fear and anxiety <laughs> from piano recitals than anything like else my wife. in my life. My wife had the teacher that had the ruler. And if you yeah, play a yeah, note, I was just it like, it so it's, it was not. So when I became uh, a senior in high school, I told my parents, I'm done with taking piano. And I had started off when I was like six or seven oh, wow. years old. So I still know how to read music. Yeah, you yeah, know? pick that back up. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you a question that everyone asks in the city of Baton Rouge. Yeah. We had a, a joke about this the other day in a, a meeting with young professionals. What high school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> I went to high school from ninth grade and half of my 10th grade year at Bel Air High School here in East okay. Baton Rouge Parish. And then from there? Then from there, we moved to Hawaii, um, Oahu. We, my parents, my dad mm-hmm. was in the military, the Marines. And so I uh, went to Hawaii and graduated high school from there. A uh, random fact is when I was there at that time, I was there at the same time as this artist named Peter Hernandez. Uh, he goes by the stage named Bruno Mars. But we were out there at the same time. Are you serious? Yeah. Talk about a small world. My best friend's girlfriend at the time sang with him at the Polynesian Culture Center. We used to call him like Hawaiian Elvis and all all the things he's doing now, he was doing back then. Wow. Yeah. I would love to go to a Bruno Mars uh, concert. He doesn't disappoint. Yeah. But, you know, they don't give you that kind of... uh, salary as a mayor to afford one of those Bruno Mars But I tickets. think if you play piano, you know what I mean, the door is open, right? He's going to leave the door wide open for you. You know, He has a whole song about it. Really? Yeah, right. So let's talk about your music journey, though. Sure. What, what led you on your music journey? So uh, it's unique. So my grandfather was a music teacher in Mississippi. He's actually the first African-American director to receive what they call All Ones in North Mississippi. Um, there's a whole story behind that. But he was the first to kind of break that barrier there. Um, but he played trombone. He played with Ray Charles, Rita Franklin, James Brown, Ike and Tina Turner. He subbed for Earth, Wind & Fire's band. And he was a band director, but he was always telling me to not pursue being a band director because of the time and commitment it takes to really have success. Um, but I, So I kind of grew up in his band room uh, from the age of five growing up and then 10th grade year, um, it's that crossroads of what are you going to do with your life? And my uncle told me, like, find something you can wake up every day excited to do. And I remember I went home and prayed about it. Then I was like, I love people and I love music. 
I'm going to be a band director, you know. So contrary to what Papa wanted me to do. And so from there, received a scholarship to Jackson State. Um, was in everything involved there, the Sonic Boom of the South, orchestra, jazz band, all the things was a part of the scholarship. And then LSU, um, did my graduate work there, taught at West Feliciana High School, built up the program out there, got hired on at LSU, worked the way up to be director of Tiger Band. So it all started just when I was younger, yeah. um, just just kind of being immersed within that yeah. vibe. So what's on your playlist? Who everything. I'm naturally a funk baby, so I can listen to George Clinton. Oh, I love funk all day. Um, but see, I'm a baby boomer, and when I talk about people like that, people are like, huh? Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> Old school Rick James, Street Dreams. I, I, I can kind of geek out with funk. Is kind of my baby, baby. Uh, now I've been listening to a lot of just gospel, new new world gospel, um, Maverick City All Stars, oh, yeah. and Chandler Moore, and all that. Um, I listen to a little bit of everything. It's, it's a very random playlist, but yeah. my go-to, and I'm just. I need to pick her up. It's, it's funk. Yeah, so so my playlist um, is so funny because they're very similar. I have a, uh, I call my uh, gospel playlist, I put it under different categories. Mm -hmm. And so, like, um, I have one that says 2023 Good News Mix. Ah, I like then that. Then I have one that says Peace, and that's a little bit more calm. Yeah. Uh, then I have what I call my message music which is Marvin Gaye, like Nina Simone, yeah. and I listen to that. And um, then I just put some Christian jazz on uh, my playlist uh, recently. Me something. I didn't know this thing called yeah, Christian jazz. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. I, I love, you know, Kirk Franklin uh, is coming to New Orleans yeah. in November. The reunion tour, I think they yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unfortunately, I have another commitment, but I would love to uh, to see him. You should just move the concerts. Yeah, it works for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Invite him to come to Baton Rouge. <laughs> Absolutely. So what about music today? You know, there, there are a lot of different conversations around music. In fact, we had someone who recently did a uh, panel discussion, a musician, a rap artist, uh, um, in our Safe, Hopeful, Healthy initiative, hmm. which is our public safety initiative, which is engaging the community. And so the rap artist evidently was talking about, I guess, the, the pros and cons of rap lyrics and the impact that they have on society today. Yeah. No, that, you asked my opinion on that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the record here. No, I, I agree. Like, I think with anything, it's like of dosage. Yeah. It's like if you eat candy all day, every day, right? You know, that has a different kind of effect. And I think I have my personal opinions about rap music right now, which probably the same opinions my parents had when I was younger, you know, and before then. Um, but I do feel like it's when that's the only thing people are consuming and it's all kind of one message of murder, kill, drugs, and it kind of glorifies this. If you want to have success in this track, you have to do these things um, to sell a record or to be considered popular and all that, then there are issues with that, especially when you come from societies or dynamics that don't have that preventive measure. Like, I was listening to, like, NWA growing up and all, but it, my mom and dad would be like, hey, you know, we're not doing all that. There's a limit to yeah, that. Yeah. So when you don't have Balance. that filter, exactly, mm -hmm. I can see that being too kiltered. Because there were, even back in my day, that was fight the power. There yeah, was, yeah, you know, yeah. say no to drugs. There, there were those initiatives that I don't see as much now. Because I guess they don't find it cool or doesn't sell records or whatever it is. I don't know. But um, I definitely can't see too much of that being an issue. Well, I really think, Dr. Jones, that that brings us to another topic, which is the power of music. Music has 
a lot of power to it. And I'm not talking about, you know, aggressive power necessarily, mm -hmm. but the power to bring healing, the power to soothe. A thousand percent. You know, so as as a PhD in music, tell <laughs> us a little bit about the power of music. Oh, no, it's, it, it's an emotional heartstring. Like, there's a reason that businesses have music on the radio, in the mall, when you're shopping, you know, every music's involved in everything. And then the groups that are really good about it, they're strategic on what music they play, when they play it, how they play it. Think about what you just said earlier. You have a feel-good music, message music, right? So it has those ways to permeate that. And even taking it from, like, here in Baton Rouge and a culture we have, um, I heard you talk about this at our church about, like, the LSU Southern game and how maybe years from now there's going to be a documentary of the behind the scenes to get that to happen but it's like for that to take place that was rooted in music right it was rooted in okay here's the song Cupid Shuffle and regardless if you were in that stadium at that game regardless if you're white black brown Muslim Christian atheist like everybody was together there weren't color lines there weren't I'm from North Baton Rouge South it was we're here together and everybody's there having a good time so music has a way to kind of bring unity Yes. That can get to the point of community. You're so right. And uh, in fact, when we have music events, we see the fabric of mm -hmm. Baton Rouge together. But I will tell you, I look forward to a documentary being done on that <laughs> LSU Southern game and that halftime show. Oh, yeah. It was so powerful. If you could have felt like, I know you did, mm -hmm. but I mean, when I saw that happen, Love 225, Two to five, it took me over the top. I mean, I was like, yes, I was screaming. It was, it was just something, you know, that just superseded the athletics of that day. Yeah. It was all about and even the that cultural divide that yeah. happened. Oh, I don't want to see LSU do something with Southern. Or, oh, we're Southern. It's a jukebox. It's all these just yes. outside entities. But it's yes. like. We do music, and these are 18-year-old or 24-year-olds yes. that yes. may work together. You know, yes. like we're way more similar than yes. we're different. So, yes. totally. Yeah, yeah. So, um, listen, I know you are um, in the next season of your life, <laughs> and a lot of that is um, uh, dedicated not that you weren't already dedicated, but accelerating your dedication. How about that? Yeah, I like that. To your family. Yeah, and because it goes back to kind of what I said earlier with like my grandfather. Like I've seen like with my grandmother's stories and my grandfather gone months at a time. And then this year alone, like I've been very blessed and fortunate. But there was a moment where there was a three month stretch. I had to spend one weekend at home. I was in L.A. for the Grammys, or working with other bands across the country, or being out the country. It was like. I have to like find this work-life balance or like what are my priorities, right? And um, I went to church and they had a men's ministry thing and it just resonated. Like if I died tomorrow, like I'm going to have a full inbox and my job's probably going to be advertised for somebody else before my funeral. Um, you know, so it just can't be like, okay, what, you know, I'm grinding and working hard. And I love what I do. The kids are great, but it was just that, what is that purpose? And I think I'm a spiritual guy, and I just feel like my spirit was kind of leading me in a certain direction to where now there are opportunities where I can impact thousands of students doing different things. So I'm just walking kind of in my godly assignment. But, yeah, but no, it was kind of this thing of I got to rededicate some things in my life. I think we all, uh, and as you know, we, we go to the same church, so we uh, – we, we share the same uh, beliefs in terms of the spiritual significance of our lives and how that drives our, 
our purpose. And you, you, I couldn't have said it better because I often say, you know, I, I'm very thankful to be the mayor of uh, Baton Rouge. I feel it's a privilege. I feel it's fulfilling my purpose and my calling. Uh, but you have to have balance because at the end of the day, just like you said, my inbox will be full. The list of people calling will still be there. Mm-hmm. The issues and the challenges will be there. But if, if I'm out, you know, if I'm gone, if eternity calls, then people will say, oh, Mayor Broom was such a wonderful person. <laughs> we really mm-hmm. loved her being our mayor. She was great. And they'll do that for a little while. But then even maybe the next day or the day after, who are we going to get to replace her? Who are we gonna get to replace her? And so I think about that, and it helps me keep things yeah, in, keep perspective, in perspective. Exactly. You know, um, and that life is so much more than positions and titles that we exactly, hold. exactly. And so I, I get it. And I know you get it. And so, uh, what words of wisdom do you have for our listeners on this podcast? Uh, You've already given us a lot of uh, words. <laughs> These yeah. are closing words of wisdom. Like I say, I hope I ain't dropping the bar, but um. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm naturally a spiritual guy, so, um, you know, just finding your purpose. Um, and that could be fluid. That could be one day you're, you're looking at doing one thing and it may change the next. But I go back to what my uncle told me, like, finding something you, fi- you feel passionate about. Because there's something within this community, especially in Baton Rouge, that you can add value to. And it's not necessarily being transactional when you do things. What are ways you can be transformative and transformational? How can you aid things and give back in the community? You're not trying to get money back or anything like that, but you're just sowing good seeds that hopefully reap benefits on the back end there. Because I feel like this huge thing of karma has this way of being reciprocal. The more you kind of give out, the more you're going to get back, and you'll, you'll be blessed before you even know it. I agree. I often uh, say uh, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for yes. you. Well, thank you. This has been so refreshing. Oh, cool. You know, Piano extraordinary here. The only thing we didn't have was some music in the background, and <laughs> we, we may lay down. There you go. We, we, we have your uh, piano recital. You no, know, not, not, not yet. Not yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. One thing about me, I don't deceive myself. I try to. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me with Coffee Break with the mayor, and uh, we wish you and pray Godspeed for oh, everything that you, you do. Uh, And uh, listen, join us next time for Coffee Break with the Mayor. I look forward to all of you joining me every month as we grab our cups and have a coffee break with the mayor.